Welcome to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with author and wealth manager Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Chris Herline. Good morning, everybody. Chris Herline here of Reap Financial, live in studio with you on this Saturday here in September. And uh, as always, you will help drive the agenda today with your calls and questions. 512-836-0590. Whether you want to talk Social Security, Medicare, or advanced tax planning for the year end, or anything around retirement and investment planning, happy to to have you join me today. 512-836-0590. As I mentioned, you know, it's, it's hard to believe we're starting to walk into the back end of the year. And we want families to be thinking throughout the year about how they can reduce their overall taxes. The, the way most of us operate out there is, is you get to the end of the year, you start scrambling. What are the last minute things I can do to maybe reduce my tax bill come April 15th? And, and a big part of this that I'm going to discuss today, that this can be managed so easily and so powerfully in retirement, one, because you've got more time to help manage it, and two, you've got more options within the income and the type of accounts you're going to live on. When you're working, it's just a W-2 paycheck. So today, even though we still have several months left of the year to go, I want to ensure that we talk about some of the most successful tax savings strategies and planning that we're utilizing with our very own families at Reap Financial. And as I walk through these, you know, be thinking about how this applies to your situation and how you could take advantage of the several months we still have left in the year. And, you know, the first place we we talk to families about is if you're still working, you know, contribute, max out your retirement accounts. Um, There's there's many reasons we we want you to do this. Obviously, we, we want you to save them for success down the road, but there are some tax benefits when you save in different types of retirement accounts. And and so one of the things that I want to see families do throughout the year is maximize their contributions to your IRA. So that's the account outside of your 401k, right? And, you know, for families over 50 listening, you know, you can do $7,500. And for most of you, it it would be a tax uh, deduction or non-reportable income on that contribution. Um, Then we get into my favorite account, health savings accounts. I mean, if you have a high deductible plan, um, you're more than likely a candidate for a health savings. And for families over 50, you can be putting, you know, 8750 this year, 8750 this year into that. And that can be tax deductible as well. Um, And then, you know, many of you have that 401k out there. I always challenge you, you know, are you saving in the traditional 401k or the Roth 401k? But don't forget, you can put a lot of money in this thing. 22500 for all of you under 50 and 30000 for those of you over 50 is the maximum contribution. And for many of you, um, you know, that's going to shave income off the bottom line come tax season. Now, there's conversations all the time around, well, what's, are you in a middle tax bracket? Or are you in a high tax bracket? What type of account 
does it make more sense to contribute to if I'm in that middle tax or that higher tax bracket? And the thing that, that you think through is I, I like tax deductions. All of us do. But if you're in a higher tax bracket this year, what does a tax deduction mean for you? Like what's the amount that you're going to save on that based on your tax bracket? If it's you're in a middle tax bracket, you know, would, does it make as much sense to get a deduction? And like I'm, I'm saying here, you, you get deductions on these type of accounts that I'm mentioning, but you're going to pay tax on it down the road. And so you, you don't just think about the tax bracket you're in right now, but you've got to think about where taxes may go, how high they may go, and, and what tax bracket you may be in retirement. And don't fall for the old knowledge that says, you know, when you retire, you're, you're going to be in a lower income bracket, because that's not the case for many individuals that we consult with initially at Reef Financial. You can join me, 512-836-0590. We had a tax question come in. It says, what are some of the new catch-up limits that we can take advantage of with the SECURE Act 2.0? Well, the, the SECURE Act 2.0, that's, that was from Susie. Hey, thanks, Susie. One of the things that um, I, I look at is the 2.0 legislation that passed is, is a great thing. It's one of the best things I've seen in the last 10 years, easily, um, to enhance the potential for success in your retirements. Um, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be some improvements around Medicare. Um, there's going to be um, some new options on the type of accounts you can save into and some type of accounts that you can no longer save into. Um, and so for Susie, the, the question is, there's really not new catch-up limits that we're looking at for Secure Act 2.0, but one thing that will change, and this is, this is really important, it was going to go into effect, at least we thought it was, this year. And then the IRS recently re, uh, released some guidance that what I'm going to tell you has been pushed out to 2026. Um, so what, what that is, is if you're maxing out your 401k right now, you're doing 22500 this year. And then you're over 50. And uh, when you're over 50, as I mentioned, you can put up to $7,500 on top of your 22,500 and that's tax deductible for so many of you. I mean, that's, that's income off the bottom line. So what the new law states is that if you make over a certain amount of money, that's 145,000, at least is what was written in the legislation. If you make over that your catch up contribution, the additional amount you get to make over 50 can no longer go to the traditional 401k. And many of you may go, well, that's not good because then I don't get to reduce my income with that contributions. But I, when I read this, I was like, whoa, 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 this is great because it's forcing higher earners to likely get in the Roth game. Because if you want to make a catch up contribution and you make over that 145,000, you can still, well, in this case, 2026, you're going to have to put any additional catch up into the Roth 401k or the after-tax basis account, which is just, I'm going to tell you something. This is a good deal because many families, if you have a Roth, it's the smallest one you have, and a lot of you don't have one at all. But if you do have a Roth, we want to build that Roth. And by this new provision under the SECURE Act 2.0, that's going to somewhat inadvertently force people to have to get into the Roth game. So 
Don't wait for that, though. I mean, if, if you're contributing to your 401k now, you may be a candidate to, to really be looking at maximizing your Roth contribution, um, maybe even the playing field when it comes to your traditional Roth 401k. 512-836-0590, you can join me. We had Susie's text come in and I'll get to more. Um, but, you know, when, when we think about the year-end tax saving strategies that we utilize, we're not doing these year-end. We're doing these throughout the year. We're doing these mid-year. And that's why I'm talking to you about it here right now is, is that, that the sooner you can understand all the possibilities and be educated on these options, you know, the more tactical you can be at how much you want to put in where. So that said, we've discussed some of the easiest ways to get tax deductions, which is contributing to these accounts. Um, we've talked about ways to um, consider how much you should be putting in one account or another based on your tax bracket. And then we just wrapped up on this um, Secure Act 2.0 change. But just to be clear, uh, I'm really glad this came up because that will not go into effect until 2026. So with all that said, 512-836-0590. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show. Go to wealthradio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline. Great to have you back. I'm Chris Sarline of Reap Financial right here in Austin and uh, live in studio with you today to answer all things retirement investment and more. Uh, 512-836-0590. That's the number that Jeff called. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great, sir. Um, okay, so when you were talking about uh, in 2026 when they are going to force you to take your additional catch-up, which is currently 7500 bucks, and go into a Roth IRA. My question is, that's the maximum amount you can contribute to a Roth per year is, is 7500 bucks. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so where that may have gotten a little confusing is the, the additional contribution amount will have to go to the Roth 401k portion, not the Roth IRA, which is outside the employer. But the limits are the, the, the limits are the same. That that could get the wires crossed there. So, what my where my question really stems from? If I get an employer match uh -huh. or an employer that a contribution, and they they also match a percentage of my contributions um, on my my additional uh, because of my age. What happens to that money? Does that money then go into the Roth as well? So it would be actually contributing more than the 7,500 bucks? Or does that money, the employer contribution, get affected? And how, how does that work? So two, two things on that. Um, does, okay, so the contribution amount that the employer makes doesn't count towards your max contribution. So let's be clear on that. Um, I, right. I, I think you're aware of that. Yes. Okay. And then side of things, your employer contribution automatically portion because it automatically does that. 
I'm sorry, you broke up there. I, your I your Roth contribution um, can only come from you. So if your employer is doing okay. a match, it's putting it in their traditional 401k. It can never put it in the Roth portion. Okay, so the the new Secure 2.0, whatever, that goes into effect in 2026, even when I meet my my contribution max and then the the remainder catch-up portion goes into a Roth. Right. My employer's match will still go into the traditional 401k. Uh, That's exactly right. Account. That's exactly right. Okay. That's that. That was that was my question. That's what I. That's what I wasn't sure how the employer match was yeah. was going to be affected. So. Well, that's great, man. I'm glad you called in and, you know, you're plenty prepared since the IRS just announced they're pushing it out. So thank you for your call, man. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. 512-836-0590. You can text me or call me just as Jeff did. And, uh, you know, today I'm talking about year-end tax strategies, but guess what? It's not year-end. Not yet. But the sooner we can get on top of this stuff, potentially the more you can keep in your pocket. So, Another great way to get a tax deduction is for those of you that give charitably. If you have charitable intent, you give money throughout the year, well, you may be giving to a 501c3. But what's interesting is that be before Trump tax rates went into effect several years ago, most of this country was itemizing. Now, most of this country Many of you, you take, you take standard deduction because it's so high under the Trump tax code, okay? Now, if you don't itemize on your taxes, for most of you, you will not get a tax deduction on a charitable gift. Many of you may not have known that, but I know walking in, you're likely not just giving a gift to get a tax deduction, but it's a nice benefit. And so you, you have to be aware that if you're giving and you're expecting a tax deduction, that you have to be uh, in a position where you can itemize your taxes. Now, one way to itemize is to give more. Um, so there's this little account, highly underutilized, but it's called a, a donor advised fund. And I want you to think about it like a, like a charitable savings account. And you could donate cash into this thing. You could donate stocks into this thing. But if you're giving already throughout the year and you're likely going to continue, this may be a great option because what you could do is you could bundle up, let's say three years of what you give. What, let's say, what, what's, what do you give? You give 10,000 a year. Okay. You're one of those generous families. You give 10,000 a year and you're likely going to do that. Well, what if we took 30,000 this year? That's three years of your 10,000 a year and threw it in this donor advised fund. Well, by doing this, you're going to get a large tax deduction because you donated it to this fund that can only be used for charity. But here's the kicker. You get to take the tax deduction in the year that you donate to it, as long as you are taking uh, itemized deduction. And that money goes in an investment account that you can hold on to and invest in, in many things and then direct dollars out of that account to any charity of your choice over years to come. We even have clients that'll leave it to their kids, dictated by the trust on where those dollars can go, but they're still giving in the family name. So if you have a large taxable event in a year, maybe 
just maybe a donor advised fund could help you not only save for your charitable intent, but also give you a meaningful tax deduction. And this is if you get a big bonus at work. This would be if you had a big windfall. This would be if, um, you know, maybe you did a big Roth conversion, taking advantage of these, uh, you know, really low tax rates. Well, in that case, you would have, well, yeah, you would. You'd, you'd have a nice thing that you could deduct against that Roth uh, conversion. So donor advised funds are not for everybody, but the cool thing is, is you can donate stock to them and you don't have to sell the stock. So you're not gonna create any capital gain for yourself, but you can take highly appreciated stocks and donate them. And then they can stay in the fund invested in kind, but you got potentially a tax deduction by donating to the funds. So a unique, more unique way to go about giving your uh, money to charity. But let me tell you something, I'm gonna speak loud and clear on this one. If you are over 70, and you are subject to a required minimum distribution, the absolute first dollars that you should be giving to charity are from your RMD. This is a tax uh, strategy that many of our clients use at REAP Financial to make their charitable intent and reduce their overall income come tax time. Because what most people do is, is they take their required distribution out of their IRA or wherever, and then they give charitably. Well, that money is going to hit your tax return as income, that distribution. So we'll go with the $10,000 number again. And now we're going to give 5000 charitably. That's our, our plan this year. So you're going to take 5000 and have it directly sent or paid to a charity or charities of your choice. And the custodian will issue that check made payable or sent directly to the charity. That 5,000 counts towards your required 10,000 on the year, the required 10,000 they make you take out. So if you went with this strategy, $5,000 isn't even gonna show up on the 1040 and that's better than a tax deduction. That's better than a charitable deduction. Getting money outside your Schedule A is the best way to reduce your tax bill. So, two charitable strategies for those of you not over 70 and subject to RMD, but are already giving charitably and can tactically manage your gifts along with your taxable events throughout the years. 512 uh, Tate, let's go to uh, Charlie. I think Charlie's got a question here. I keep hearing on the news that taxes are at historically low rates now. And I'm worried if the current inflation persists and taxes are higher in the future, I won't be able to maintain my lifestyle. Is there sure. anything I can do to plan now to better prepare against taxes costing me my retirement. <clears throat> Thank you, Charlie. You know, that is a very valid concern. Um, it's, it's something that we think of in many ways here, right? Let me, let me just break this down. We're complaining each year about taxes come April and taxes haven't been this low in 40 years. These are the lowest tax rates in 40 years. And they are, 
as we sit here right now, they are already scheduled to sunset. So going into 2026, taxes are already going to go back up to where they were pre-Trump tax rates. So you've got a concern that we can see that if we look historically through these cycles in the United States, we are at the some of the lowest tax rates, the lowest in 40 years. And so the idea that they're going to stay this low for another 20 years, if you look at history, that's not the case. And if you look at the debt and everything else in this country, there's, there's many ways that that could go away, and one of them is taxes more. Um, the second thing that we look at here in Central Texas is if you have your house paid off in retirement, I commend you, but your property taxes are like another mortgage in itself, and they, they, they've been going up. And if you look at trends, they will continue to. So can you maintain two things? Property taxes here locally at your state level, and then you've got your income taxes in retirement. And so the sooner you can get, just get, get, get your head around this, Charlie, is, is that as your money grows, depending on where that money is, is how bad you're going to be taxed. Because the IRAs and 401ks, which make up the bulk of so many retirees' wealth, that's never been taxed. So if you're worried about taxes going up, the conversation should be, how do I reposition assets today that if they go up, if they double, triple in years to come, that I could get them out tax-free when tax rates potentially could be higher? Even if, even if they, let's put it this way, even if tax rates don't go higher for the next 20 years, they stay the same. Whatever your 401k is worth today, let's say it doubles. Would you rather have paid the tax today at historically low tax rates and get out the bigger number down the road tax-free, or would you rather take a small tax deduction today at historically low tax rates to be taxed on the larger number down the road? See, if we can pay tax today, not get the tax deduction going into Roths and that type of thing, that money will forever be tax-free and never subject to RMD, which means you're in control. And so, Charlie, there's many ways that we could talk today about how to you know, make sure your money lasts longer than you do, but the number one way to try to secure success in retirement is by keeping more of your wealth through retirement via taxes. You can tell I'm a little bit passionate about this stuff. Join me today, 512-836-0590, 512-836-0590. And uh, just taking a look at the clock here, we're gonna take a news break, 1130 here. We'll be right back. Live, local, and independent. This is WealthRadio.com with Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, back to Chris. Welcome back, Chris Herline. I'm live in studio with you today. We've had a lot of great text questions, and uh, we had a great call in as well. You can join me. Still plenty of time today at our 11 uh, a.m. hour here on Wealth Radio, KLBJ. And uh, I'll tell you... We, we field a lot of questions through the years, not only through this program, but through my broadcast on KXAN, that's News Channel 36 here in, in Austin. And 
You know, an, another thing that I like to direct people to that call in with all these questions is you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Reap Financial. That's R-E-A-P, like you reap what you sow, at Reap Financial. Subscribe to my channel there. I drop new content, new strategies for your retirement success every Wednesday, and you can subscribe there at no cost and to stay on top of the latest. You know, talking today about proactively getting in front of year-end tax planning. And so it's, it's not really year-end tax planning, it's mid-year. And we love doing this with families because this is how you can keep more of your wealth and, and do more in your retirement or leave more to heirs if that's a value. And today we were talking about simple ways which is just contributing to your retirement accounts in general, maxing those, those things out. And for those of you over 50, I always have to reiterate, um, take advantage of that. You know, a lot of times you're in your highest earning years, you're, your kids may be getting off payroll, which means your outflow is a little less. Maybe you have more discretionary. You could be saving there. In many cases, it could save you taxes today and, and save you down the road. But what's so staggering to me, as long as I've been on KLBJ here, talking to families, retirees, pre-retirees, about maxing out your catch-up contributions, in 2022, a survey revealed that 20, I'm sorry, I wish it was that good, yeah, last year, 2022, survey revealed that 16% of Americans, one-six, took advantage of a catch-up contribution in the 401k. There's many reasons for that. It's maybe they don't have the discretionary income. Um, but I'm going to tell you, the main, the main culprit lies within the idea that families don't even know they can do it. Because your employer is not going to call you and say, hey, congratulations, you're 50, you can pump more into your retirement savings. They're not going to do that. And so much of our life is if you just get on autopilot. I mean, how many people get raises through the years and they never raise their 401k contribution amount? I mean, if you do, if you get a 3% raise, you raise your contribution by three, you really think you're going to feel it? You'll feel it long term in a positive way, but the short term. So if, what I, my, my point is this, things get easy to be overlooked uh, with, with life and kids and everything else. I get it. But max those things out. Seriously, do that. Now, another way to proactively plan for your tax strategies is how you're invested. Are you invested in a tax-efficient way? You know, the, one of the most overlooked things that investors run into is everybody likes returns on your investment, but what is your plan to keep the return via taxes? Like it's, it's an afterthought, isn't it? And so you need to consider where you're saving, today. So that's important because that can impact your tax bracket and your tax income this year. And we also want you considering what the implications are of that strategy in 10 years and 20 years and where taxes will be. But what I tell, especially younger investors, is to spread things out, not even from a you know, asset diversification, I'm talking about a tax diversification. Save in many ways, save in many type of accounts. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. The 401k is such a popular thing because it oftentimes forces you to save. If you didn't have that, maybe you wouldn't be as apt to or, or something to that extent. But the point is this, when, when you think about where you're saving, spread out those savings into different types of accounts. K 
cash. Could be money market, could be CD. Okay, bank rates are paying more, four or five percent. So it's not a bad place to hold a position. And you look at your investment accounts. That could be your 401ks and IRAs. Are you considering investing in a health savings account and the benefits that could, could provide you? you? You likely have a brokerage account or an after-tax investment account. All of these accounts, including a Roth IRA, will be taxed in different forms. Some no tax, some all taxed and some little taxed. And what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for control long-term. We had a text question earlier about taxes going up. The, the, the worst thing about a 401k is that you're in a one-sided relationship. The IRS dictates tax rates. They enforce the tax rates to be even more exact. And the deal is this, when we look at where taxes have gone through history, I believe this is a gift right now, particularly with money as cheap as it's been. 40 low, four year low tax rates and interest rates at near zero. Well, those days have come and gone. You remember, you remember, if you've been tuning in with me for years, in 2020, 2021, 2022, I was telling people to lock in the cheapest money of your life. Whether you were buying a home or buying an investment property or a car or anything to that extent. And we kind of thought that maybe they would just stay that low. Well, look how fast they went up. Interest rates have gone up exponentially. Your mortgages have doubled. Mortgage rates have doubled. And that happened really quick. So tax rates are very low. They're set to go up in 2026 automatically. But where could tax rates go and how quickly could they go up? Can't tell you how many people go, man, I, I should have bought that. I should have bought that second property when I could have got two to 4%. You know, now that investment property you're paying six to eight could be more. And so I don't want retirees and, and you know, pre-retirees listening here to have to look back in two years or 10 years and go, golly, I should have done more Roth. I should have been saving differently. Because the number one light bulb that goes off in our office with, with families that my team and, and I have a privilege of meeting with is, if I just would have known it sooner, I probably would have changed how I was doing things. If I could have seen this sooner, how much more of my social security I could have kept, how much cheaper my Medicare premiums could have been, how much lower a tax bracket I potentially could have been in. Okay, well here's the good news, let's propagate some hope. It's never too late. It's never too late. Tax rates are still at historic lows here for another two years. What are you gonna do with this time? This may be the time to consult with a fiduciary advisor on if you are invested in a tax efficient way. Are you keeping your returns to the optimal ability every year? 
If you're taking income or distributions out of your portfolio, are you doing that in the right order? Or are you overpaying in taxes on money that you're using or not using, for that matter? Tax efficiency. And then are there some conversion strategies within your IRAs, 401ks that we could help you identify? Because the name of Roth is trying to identify the optimal amount of Roth that you need. Most people don't need to do everything Roth. Some do, some need to, but, but most don't need to convert everything. But the question is how much should you convert? How much is it gonna cost you to convert, right? That, that can get painful, price of admission to get in the Roth game, but, but here's the deal. When you see the long-term, what it means for your retirement, 10 and 20 years, whether you're retired today or five to 10 years out, that's the power of knowing and the power of leveraging time. I wanna offer for all of our Wealth Radio listeners, if you've never received this in the last year, I want you to get your hands on my book, Money Won't Buy Happiness, but Time to Find It. And it's written for 20 year olds up through 80 year olds on how to optimize your approach to investment and retirement success and taking advantage of the time we have to get you there. Email me right now, chris at wealthradio.com, chris at wealthradio.com, and I will send you a copy of Money Won't Buy Happiness, but Time to Find It at no cost for our Wealth Radio listeners, our loyal Wealth Radios here on KLBJ over a decade now. So you can text or call, join me. I am live in studio today. Still have plenty of time, 512-836-0590. I'll be right back. Are you retired or retiring soon? You can now personally work with Chris Herline and his team of fiduciary advisors. Book your consultation today. Call 512-249-7300. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. Welcome back. Chris Herline here of Reap Financial Live in studio with you today. Talking about proactively implementing some year-end tax options, some strategies to maybe reduce your tax bill. As always, consult with your CPA or tax professional before implementing any of these things. But it's great to be in the know this early in the year. I mean, you're, you're talking about year-end tax strategies here in September. That's called being proactive, and that's what we do with our families at Reap Financial. And for those of you tuning in today, we always appreciate you making us part of your weekend. Um, got another text question come in with the talk of the government going to digital currency. How could this affect our retirement money? There's a lot of chatter, right, in the news that this thing went into effect just recently called FedNow. And everybody thinks it's digital current, the move to digital currency. It's not. It's, it's a step in the direction of more oversight, more control, but it's not digital currency. So, you know, there's a lot of chatter, but you need to understand that there's not a lot of countries that are utilizing digital currency. However, one of the largest countries in the world is it's China. And so there's this need to stay competitive technologically. And so a lot of countries, including the United States, are looking at options to modernize the financial system. 
And the, the concept of a digital dollar, um, it, it's, it's kind of, it, it's worrisome because one, you don't really understand how it operates. It's, it's operating on a decentralized network. And this currency, currency in your banks would be stored electronically with you know, the potential of replacing physical cash altogether. Why do they want to do it? It's to enhance financial accessibility and efficiency and reduce transition costs. However, in my opinion, digital dollar could have you know, very far-reaching consequences for not just your bank cash, but also your retirement savings. Now, there's a number of things that people could say, conspiracy theories, but there's two concerns that really stand out to me when you think about a digital currency and your retirement accounts. The first one is obvious, it's security and privacy. Like every time you buy a pack of gum at the store, I don't know if you want the government knowing what flavor you bought. So there lies this idea that they could monitor, <laughs> it's an idea, right? They could monitor your transactions and the way you use your money more current, uh, you know, currently throughout your years. but. Here's my biggest concern, is devaluation. And this has got to be you know, up there for, for most that have, you know, have studied this at all, but the introduction of a digital dollar is the potential devaluation of savings. It really is, because the government, they'll, they'll get greater control over the currency and they can manipulate that money easily to maybe help supply issues. We're already seeing this in China. And so the erosion of purchasing power, not just through inflation throughout your years of retirement, but devaluation. So when you read and you hear a lot of clickbait, don't go cashing everything to gold just quite yet. <laughs> Digital dollar is coming. In what form or fashion, nobody knows but it's not gonna be overnight. It would be likely a systematic process where they wean out the dollar to where it's finally gone. But there's still a lot of concerns around what that could mean and how we will manage and how we would invest down the road, doesn't it? 512-836-0590, still have plenty of time today. Um, Let's see, we've got one here for Mike. Uh, what is the best way to minimize the tax implication of an RMD? Number one best way. Well, that's the RMD that comes out when you're 70. You're forced to take it out, man. Most of you know that. The number one way, I mean, gosh, you want to ask me that. The number one way is to get out of the RMD game altogether. Get money out of accounts that are subject to the government control at 70 and beyond. Number one way. Second way is to reduce the amount of taxable income that you're forced to take via the RMD. So I talked about that today, actually, Mike. I said, if you give charitably, the first dollars you should likely give are from your required distribution, because that can reduce the amount of taxable income, all while satisfying the required amount on the given year. So a charitable strategy would be a good way. And, and you know, other ways is just any other way that you would 
um, reduce you know your taxable income on the year through contributions through accounts through charitable um, you know an RMD is simply income it's just if you got 30,000 from social and you got 30,000 in required distributions you're showing 60 so it's, it's taxed as income so any tax deductible strategy or tax reduction strategy could apply in most cases towards a required distribution bottom line is you just have to take it whether you need it or not so that's a great question there 512-836-0590 to join me um, so we talked a little bit about the change in the secure act 2.0 and how that will affect those of you that make over 145,000, and uh that goes into effect in 2026 you're gonna have to change how you're saving in that but never forget as i close today that cutting your taxes every year is the easiest way to boost your investment returns it's not just investing in great companies and letting them do their thing and investing for the long haul. It's about having a plan first and foremost about how you're going to get that money out with as little a tax as possible once it's grown and broken a sweat for you all those years. So don't overlook how you're invested. The way you're invested could often mean your tax bracket is being dictated by that. I'm not kidding. If you've got a lot of dividends in your accounts, your, your taxable brokerage accounts, you may be paying taxes that you may not even be aware of. You may be seeing thirty to forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year of dividends that you're just reinvesting, not even touching. You're paying tax on money you're not using. You may have a lot of money in bank CDs or cash. You know, money markets at four to five. It's pretty good. But you're paying tax at the end of the year on money you're not using. You get a 1099 on that stuff. So be forward thinking. Not just when you buy and sell a stock at a gain or a loss, but within all your accounts as to how you'll be able to maximize your withdrawal and disinherit Uncle Sam as best as you can in your retirement. I'm Chris Herlein of Reap Financial. This is what we do every single week with successful families and listeners just like you. We'd love the opportunity to sit down with you at some point. Always email me, chris at wealthradio.com. Chris at wealthradio.com if we could be a service. And I want to mention, too, we've offered a copy of my book, Money Want by Happiness, but time to find it. And I really dive into ways to optimize your time, educate you on every option out there, and this book does it. Get your hands on it at no cost. Email me, chris at wealthradio.com. Till we speak again, Chris Herlin of Reap Financial. This is Wealth Radio. Join me every Saturday, 11 a.m., where I take your questions live. Until then, all the best. If you're retired or retiring soon, tune into Wealth Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. The following program is sponsored by Reap Financial Group, LLC. Investment advisory services provided by Reap Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The sales content should not 
not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.